This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Elite Life Optimization Coach Ryan Idell, and today is day five of Wellness Week. Now, we're getting to the backside of the week. We've covered a bunch of stuff today. Really, not today yet. We're going to, but over the past week. Right? We covered resting metabolic rate, how to get it tested. We spoke about eating for your blood type. We spoke about hormone optimization. We even spoke about the gym or working out. So now let's have the conversation that ultimately comes up for every person that I've ever helped in some sort of fitness capacity. Side note disclaimer, I'm not a licensed dietitian. I'm not an exercise physiology major. I simply am sharing what I know has worked for me in my life. The question that I always get from clients is, well, can I have this? Today is the no you can't episode. And let me, I'll explain why you can't have these things. So if you'd really like to make a change in your body, and this is my opinion, right? There's certainly the, if it fits your macros boot camp out there that I don't believe to be something that is sustainable long-term. My personal belief. And we can certainly argue back and forth. Again, I don't have it all figured out, but what I have figured out right now is if you eat a candy bar because you love chocolate, The way your body breaks down that candy bar and the insulin surge and spike that comes from the sugar, the chocolate, the caramel, all the things, and the amount of time it takes your body to reset to homeostasis is much longer in that moment than if I have gram for gram the same amount of carbohydrates from a yam. Yep. I mean, that can't confuse you that much. A candy bar or a yam. It's my belief system that at this point in life, if you can't pull it from the ground, pluck it from a tree, or stab it with a spear and kill it, you should probably not be eating it. Now, this is not perfect in today's society. It's very, very difficult, which is atrocious in its own right. But nonetheless, I find this to be true. So we eventually get into the conversation with most of my clients because, again, I believe in a four-dimensional reality. That's body, that's being, that's balance, and that's business. And we've been focused on body the entire week. So as it pertains to body, then we start talking about alcohol. I really like wine, and I've heard that wine's good for you. i gotta really un- I got to unload and decompress at the end of a week. A beer is not that big of a deal. For some, that might be correct. Let me explain to you, though, what actually happened. You have that one beer, just one 12-ounce beer. Don't care what make, don't care what model, don't care what flavor, don't care if it's light, regular, unleaded. I don't drink, so I don't know. Your body, as it tries to break down the carbohydrates that are in beer, goes through this process where your heart rate variability, the space between heartbeats, increases. Alcohol is a depressant which does various things to the neural pathways, i.e. dopamine receptors, serotonin receptors, and everything that we conscientiously believe to be real gets altered by having just one drink. It has been shown statistically in multiple studies, feel free to Google it, that it can take, depending on your metabolic propensity and efficiency, as much as five full days for your body to reset and recalibrate sleep cycles, hormone heart rate variability, and internal metabolic processing 
after just one drink. And so as you sit there and think like, man, it's been a long day. It's stressful. It's just one drink. It's just one margarita. It's just one glass of wine. Is that momentary sensation hitting your lips worth five days of decreased production and efficiency in every aspect of your life? Because how we do one thing or one component of our life affects and trickles over into everything else. You know exactly what I'm talking about because when you have that drink or two, the next morning comes around, you're not quite as sharp. You don't want to get out of bed. So your day starts a little slower. Drive to the office a little more frustrating. When you're at the office, you're a little more short-tempered. When you get home to your wife and your family, you certainly are a little less excited. You just want to be left alone. And then you want to go to bed earlier. So not only do you drink the night before, you've kind of messed up the whole damn day, and now you're going to bed earlier. Then it takes another day or two to get that circadian rhythm back in line and to right the wrongs that might have been created, and all of a sudden you're three or four days out for one drink, maybe two. You might be saying, Ryan, that's too extreme. That's not really how it is. My friend, I track and monitor everything. I've had podcast guest, right? Listen to Kristen from Whoop. Go back and listen to an interview. She will break it down specifically and scientifically as she's the one that monitors all the variables inside of one of the most sophisticated tracking devices in the world. There's an issue with alcohol, my friend. Don't even get me into the emotional vibration that actually gets emitted from alcohol. It has been created to sedate us as a society. You don't need it. I swear to you. You don't need alcohol. You also don't need sugar, right? The first thing I look for on a food label at this point in my life is sugar content. Why? Sugar spikes your insulin. Insulin is your master storage hormone. Insulin, when used the right way, can increase muscle growth. As long as it's followed up with a healthy meal with enough essential amino acids and nutrient-rich protein that comes from a natural animal source or natural plant source, right, for those vegans out there, but only... During the post side of the insulin spike, can we shuttle the nutrients in with a more efficient manner? Then we have to wait for our blood sugar to stabilize, not have too many calories, because if we do, they get stored as fat. So it doesn't actually have anything to do with what time of day you're eating so much. The reason people say, well, don't eat after the sun goes down, there's some truth in that, right? From the history of our bodies, we, we're not set up to really process food as efficiently at night. Middle of the day, your gut hormones and your gut's uh, you know, acid, for lack of a better term, is pumping at its highest amount. Right? Somewhere between 11, 12, noon, and 2, 2.30, that's when you want your biggest meal. But people say, no, no, you can't eat at night because if you eat at night, you're going to get fat. Well, let's examine that just for one moment. What do you typically eat at night? Right? You have the dinner, you have the stuff, you do the things, you sit down with the family, Dinner was whatever it is, and you're like, man, I would really like some ice cream right now. So the family gets some ice cream. And maybe ice cream isn't your thing. Like, man, I just love potato chips. So you go grab potato chips. And so you're filling your body with shit at night, and you're saying, well, that's what it is. I can't eat at night. No, my friend, you can't eat garbage at night. You just can't. It's my opinion. That's not how our bodies work. But it's also my opinion that no two bodies are the same. No two emotional stimuluses or environmental stimuluses are the same to the same two people. So all of this is nothing more than a guide. 
Because the one thing that I've learned over and over and over with the human body, it is always adapting, it is always adopting, it is always trying to find its center point. And what works today will not work as efficiently in three days. And so you have to take all this with a quote-unquote grain of salt, which is another great thing to talk about, salt. Salt is not bad. It is actually good for you. Just the proper type of salt. A pink Himalayan or natural salt. Not an iodized salt. Iodized salt is bad. Salt is actually required to have water and nutrients be pushed into your bloodstream and into your muscles. That's how it works. Water, by nature of what it is, is a natural flushing agent, right? You drink a bunch of water, you have to urinate. Go figure. Throw some sodium with that. Now, all of a sudden, you are no longer having to urinate as frequently because the, the water is being pushed or shuttled to the areas of your body that need it. And all of a sudden, you squeeze a lime in it or so. And like my friend Taylor Sappington would say, you've got nature's Gatorade. You've got the essential electrolytes that come present in a lime, in the water, with some salt, you're good to go. Salt is not your enemy, my friend. Excess salt in the absence of water is your enemy. Iodized salt in the absence of water is your enemy. Iodized salt across the board, in my opinion, is the enemy. The same enemy that sugar is. Just don't eat sugar. Right? Like, we overcomplicate most everything. Say another misnomer that I hear often. If I'm not sore, I'm not working out enough. Okay? The first time you had to figure out four plus four on a sheet of paper, it might have hurt your brain. Right? Like, man, this is this is this is some crazy stuff. I don't know how to do math. But here we sit in a much more advanced age with much more reps under our belt, and four plus four is probably pretty easy for you to say eight. It doesn't tax your system as much. You're just like, it's just eight. You've done it enough. Same thing with being in the gym. Your body will learn to process lactic acid, which creates the muscle soreness, in a more efficient manner, allowing you to not be as sore or sore at all after a workout. Major muscle groups might be a little different. Right? Your leg days for me, I typically do get sore, but the legs are so complicated. I'm hitting muscles from so many different angles, I'm probably not hitting them the same way any two workouts in a row. We just keep overcomplicating this. There's a chance as I'm saying this, you're like, man, I've heard all this stuff before. I hope you have, and I hope you're open to the opportunity of what could be. Because right now, I am truly in the best shape I've ever been in, and I have more energy than I've ever had. It is now 9.27, Friday, March 24th, and I am still going after being in this office for 13 hours. I've had no stimulants. I've had no energy drinks. I've had natural food sources. I've had a gallon of water with some sodium in it proper sodium, pink Himalayan sea salt, and I'm running and gunning. You don't need all the extra stuff. Our bodies aren't designed for that. We're not dumpsters. We're not trash cans. And you might not think it's trash to go get the protein bar, right? Let's cover this too. I'm guilty of this. I got my hand held high. Eight years ago, nine years ago, Kellogg and the major food manufacturers started realizing that there was a push to now lean into protein. People wanted more high-protein sources of food. So they bought up the available whey protein in the marketplace. And they started putting protein powder in damn near everything. 
I'm fr- I have news for you, my friend. The protein cookie that you get from Lenny and Larry. This is not to attack Lenny and Larry. I love the way the cookies taste. Don't look at it like you're eating a protein cookie. Just say I'm eating a damn cookie. Eat the cookie without shame and guilt because it's a cookie. It's just a cookie that happens to have a little extra protein in it. That cookie still has the same bullshit sugar. It's still made with the same preservatives. Still has the trash in it that most other cookies from a convenience store would have in it. They just happen to put enough protein in it to claim that it has higher protein. That's it. High protein doesn't mean it's good for you. It just doesn't. I would like it to, but it doesn't. There's a list that goes almost seemingly endless for all the things that I could go on a rant about that I find to be untruth, un, you know, lack of truth, untruthful in this entire space. Well, you got to be sore all the time. No, you don't. There's only one diet that works. That's actually not true. There's only one workout that works. There's only one supplement that works. There's only one eh. It is my belief that if your dietitian or exercise professional tells you there is only one way to do something, you should about face turn and run. Because for me to share what I have shared with you, I have tried hundreds of variables over 15 plus years. I'm sharing with you what works for me right now in this moment based off a history of trial and error and trying different things, but understanding what my current needs are, right? If you're a bodybuilder listening to my words, then what I'm saying probably makes no sense. I get it. You have a different thing you're after. If you're a long distance runner, what I'm saying to you probably won't work exactly. You're a long distance runner. The one-size-fits-all methodology and mindset is the same methodology and mindset that exists with the quick pill to fix everything. It's not true. It doesn't work that way. We're just not wired that way, my friend. If you can't pick it, if you can't pull it, if you can't stab it with the spear, don't eat it. You want to feel better in your body? Drink a gallon of water a day, really an ounce per pound of body weight. Put a little bit of sea salt in it. Put some lemon or lime in it, preferably lime. You're going to feel good. Do your best to get up when the sun rises and go to bed when the sun sets. When you're getting ready for bed, make sure there's no blue light in the room. No TVs, no cell phones, no anything. Get rid of that because it knocks off your body's circadian rhythm. When you get out of bed, leave the cell phone on the counter. Don't pick it up right away. You don't need that energy to to start off your new day. When it comes to working out, do things that make you sweat. You gotta sweat. You got to sweat, you got to move, you got to groove, you got to shake, you got to do something to get that heart rate up and start pushing your body's ability. And at some level, any of these things done for long enough are going to require recalibration and a reset because your body gets accustomed to any load you put it under. The same conversation about 4 plus 4 equaling 8 and the same conversation about nutrient timing and the same conversation about workout timing is all the same conversation. If you do anything long enough, it becomes easier, which is why the way that I live my life doing things sequentially over a period of time every morning has put me in personal power, which allows production and productivity. It's just not as hard now as it used to be. Like, it's not hard at all for me. Like, I just knock that shit out like it's my, like it is my job. It's not like it's my job. It is my job. That same thing happens 
if you're in the gym, and I do the same type of workout every day for a week straight. It's not as hard on the last day. Same thing as I look at how I consume food, right? If I'm trying to keep my, my metabolism rocking and rolling, I got to switch the order. And my friend, when you start to really dive into how your body works, and you take any of the stuff I've shared throughout these past five days, and you really own it, and you embody it, and then you share it with others because you have to share this stuff. There's an epidemic in front of us about being unhealthy. The fast food restaurants you're passing right now in your car are creating an epidemic that feeds an entire society on sickness, not on wellness. Think about this. Think if the same corporations that own the drug companies, own the insurance companies, own the hospitals, and have ownership in the fast food companies. What do you think is actually going on? You are being made into a slave to a system that doesn't serve you to just take money out of your pocket and make you feel unwell and question your own internal value. My friend, it is time to hang that up and own who you are. Try some of this stuff, own where you're at, and go out today and get shit done.